Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I am honored to be serving as your bishop this year, and I am thankful, so thankful, to share a message with you today. Following Christmas, we enter the Christian season of Epiphany, which takes us to Lent, Holy Week, and Easter. If the message of Christmas is God is with us, the message of Epiphany is God is with everyone else. Sharing how we see God, recognizing Jesus, or talking about spiritual matters is not always easy. One Sunday morning after church, a little preschool girl was busy coloring a picture at the kitchen table. Her mother could not figure out what she was doing and asked, what are you coloring, dear? And the little girl said, hmm, I am coloring a picture of God. Her mom responded, but honey, no one has ever seen God before. The little girl did not stop coloring or even look up, but said, well, they will when I'm finished. <laughs> well, I'm not sure if that's what that little girl was coloring was a picture of Jesus, but I think that's what God had in mind. The Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke all start with someone recognizing Jesus. In Luke, the shepherds are the first. Of course, they had some angels to help them, but it is significant that these dirty, poor shepherds who raised lambs for sacrifices in the temple, who could not even enter the temple themselves because they were considered unclean, they were the first to recognize that God was with them in Jesus. In Matthew, we only have seven verses about the birth of Jesus, and most of the focus is on the epiphany, the manifestation of Jesus to the whole world, where magi, were they wise men, astrologers, kings, certainly Gentiles, came from the east, bypassed the ruthless King Herod, and followed a star to find and recognize Jesus. They kneeled to worship him and to give him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The Magi, who were from outside the Jewish community, probably some of the smartest and the richest people on the planet, are the first ones to recognize Jesus. And Mark, of course, there's no story of Christmas. Mark begins with John the Baptist, a prophet preacher who told everyone to turn their lives around, confess their sins, and be baptized. John the Baptist recognized Jesus as the one coming who would baptize them with the Holy Spirit. And when John baptizes Jesus of Nazareth in the Jordan River, the veil separating heaven and earth, separating God and us, is split open so that God can reach out and touch us. And the Spirit, like a dove, comes down on Jesus and a voice from heaven says, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. Dr. Harold Beck, the esteemed professor at Boston University School of Theology, used to say, You know, that's not a bad recommendation if you can recognize the signature. If unclean shepherds, foreign astrologers, and an eccentric baptizer can recognize Jesus, how about you? Can you recognize Jesus in your life and in the life of others? Throughout my ministry, part of my spiritual discipline as a campus minister, a hospital chaplain, a pastor, and even as a bishop, is to ask people about their spiritual journey. In fact, this might sound a little strange, but if I could have a cup of coffee after church with you today, I would probably ask, how did you get to church or this church? Now, I'm not really interested in how you got to this church, but how God has been active or not in your life. 
You, you see, when, when I hear another person's spiritual journey, I find myself filled with wonder and joy at what God can do in their life. And I'm humbled and encouraged at the same time. I feel like I'm on holy ground just listening to somebody witness about what God has done. It's as if I need to know God is active in your life to help me recognize God in my own life. I think John Wesley put Methodist in small recovery groups to hold them together before God. Have you ever experienced God when you were dirty and poor like the shepherds? Have you ever discovered God as a smart and wealthy outsider like one of the Magi? Have you ever been lonely in a wilderness looking for someone to change your life like John the Baptist? Since I'm new here in Northern Illinois, I hope you do not mind if I share some personal experiences with you. I lived in five homes and four states before I entered the seventh grade. I was born in Montgomery, Alabama, about two weeks and nine months after my father returned from World War II. He was a mechanic in an eighth grade, with an eighth grade education who learned diesel engines in the army. And my mother was a homemaker who had to take summer classes in order to graduate from high school. My 10th birthday was December 1, 1955. It's a famous day in world history. That was the day that Rosa Parks refused to give up her seat on a bus and the bus boycott started and ignited the civil rights movement. Well, on that day, my father was the superintendent of maintenance at that bus company. You might say I sat where Rosa sat and where 15-year-old Claudette Colvin and 18-year-old Mary Louise Smith sat before her. I experienced segregated restrooms, drinking fountains, restaurants, movie theaters, and more. I guess I knew something was not right in this world before I was 10 years old. Six months later, my father took a job with another bus company and we moved to Houston, Texas to start the fifth grade. Had my first girlfriend in the fifth grade. The only problem is she didn't know she was my girlfriend. And that's the way it works back then. But life was good. And then the sixth grade started. And on December the 13th, 12 days before Christmas, my father lost his job and my childhood came to an end. We had what seemed like a normal Christmas because my mother said she had paid for the gifts in a layaway program, but there was no money for rent or food or anything else. So right after Christmas, my brother and I were given a choice of relatives to go live with away from the family. Hmm. He went to Montgomery, I went to Atlanta, and my two-year-old sister traveled with my mom and dad to find a job. That epiphany season was the hardest time in my life. I was lonely away from family, an outsider in a new school, no friends. And remember, phone calls were expensive and letters were slow. I hoped and prayed my family would be back together by Easter, or at least I would see my family with a visit. But I remember when package of Easter presents arrived and my aunt was so excited but I cried myself to sleep that night because I knew I would not be seeing my family if they had been mailing gifts to me. The good news was that my aunt and uncle and two cousins attended the First Methodist Church of Decatur every Sunday morning and every Sunday evening. If you ate at their house, you went to church with them on Sunday. I can't tell you the exact date, but on one of those Sunday evenings, 
On the Lenten service of my sixth grade year, I was sitting in a pew about two-thirds back on the right. My heart was broken and my spirit was weary. What happened next is hard to explain. Spiritual experiences are usually inexplicable. I cannot remember the sermon or the hymn that was playing, but I do remember that organ. And I did not see or hear anything. But as I listened to that organ, it felt like Jesus walked down the aisle, slid into the pew and sat beside me and put his arm around me and said, John, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. And I immediately relaxed. I experienced a peace, a calm, an assurance that put my heart and my mind at rest. What was most amazing is that nothing had really changed in my life. I was still lonely. I was away from family. I wasn't sure of the future, but I knew I was going to be all right. You see, in the South, there's a concept of trouble. Ooh, man, that family's got trouble. Ooh, man, she really has trouble. Well, if you can fix it yourself, you don't have trouble. And I was in the sixth grade, and I had trouble until I recognized Jesus, and I knew I was going to be all right. My father finally found a job at a bus company in Fort Wayne, Indiana, where I began the seventh grade. I joined a Boy Scout troop that met in the Methodist church. And to my surprise, all of the, the boys in the troop, they went to the youth group, the MYF. And then all the people in the MYF, they went to Sunday school. And that Sunday school class became the confirmation class. And I was baptized and confirmed in the faith when I was 13. Praise be to God. That is how I first recognized Jesus. And I have been in an accountable relationship with him almost every day since. I say almost, because when I'm in trouble, I still turn to him. Because I was at peace in my heart, I didn't need to judge myself or other people as much. And I could see in other people that they were loved by God as much as God loved me. So it wasn't just about me. It was about other people as well. Well, there's much more to share but I think that's enough for today. As your interim bishop, I want you to know that I want to hear your experiences of God and what you're doing for Jesus. For if dirty shepherds, smart astrologers, and eccentric preachers can recognize Jesus and go tell others, you can too. Oh, one more thing. If you're willing to share your story, I'll buy the coffee. <laughs>